Welcome to Pim Pals, a literary podcast that's breaking down Jane Austen's persuasion. We're so excited to have you with us as we jump into our carriages and journey through the halls of Kellynch Hall with the Elliot family. I'm Katie, and joining me today, after finishing up the retrenchment of her lovely countryside estate while maintaining that youthful bloom, here she is, Lady Sarah. Hello. I'm so glad to be with you here today to discuss the wonderful work of art of persuasion. <laughs> All right, Sarah. Uh, we call it a, a wonderful work of art. Tell me, tell me about um, how you feel about it, if you've read it before, your experience. So I am Jane Austen crazy. I was in high school. I don't even know how I fell upon it because it was not required reading in school. And I started with Sense and Sensibility, I think. And then I just consumed everything. Even she like had some unfinished thing called Lady Susan, read it. <laughs> so that is my problem. I read them all in high school and then I reread some of them. So sometimes they get blended together a bit. So that's why I was very excited to reread Persuasion because I could not remember exactly what happened. And so Sarah and I have read through volume one. Um, Sarah does not remember all of the details of volume, volume two, just like the very, very general ending, um, yeah. which was my experience too. I had read these works when I was younger. I remember the first time I read Pride and Prejudice, I could not put it down and I <laughs> was in college when I was reading it and um I was like driving and I would stop at the red lights and I would just have to keep reading so just free audiobooks <laughs> uh, no for sure oh now we don't have those problems but man it was tough back then in those early 2000s it was <laughs> struggle was real <laughs> Um, but I love in persuasion right now, loving the whole Elliot family. Um, mm -hmm. but I started persuasion right on the hills of finishing Pride and Prejudice and about five other spinoffs. I don't know if you've read all of these, but they're different books told from Darcy's perspective and what happens mm -hmm. after Pride and Prejudice. So finally I was like, I want to read something else. What do I go to? And the internet said, you have to read persuasion. And I thought, you know, I, I don't really remember that, so I will. Well, we get into Persuasion, and mm -hmm. it starts off, we kick things off with Sir Walter. <laughs> and right away, I'm, I'm thinking, what a snooze fest. <laughs> Sarah, what were your, your opening thoughts as we spend the first few chapters with Sir Walter, Elizabeth, <laughs> The lawyer whose name escapes me. <laughs> What's that Mr. Shepherd. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Mr. Shepherd. <laughs> a little bit of Lady Russell sprinkled in. Um, mm -hmm. And a little bit of Anne, but not much. What were you thinking when the book started? So as a diehard Austin fan, you know, I'm all about the character development. The more you want to tell me about the person, I gladly receive all information about them. <laughs> so I was loving the detailed description of these very quirky characters. <laughs> well, 
Well, I was just wanting the plot to get moving along. And all we were talking about was, you know, what are we going to sell? What are we not going to sell? Which was nothing. We're not selling anything, by yeah, the way. And all. what is what is Elizabeth doing with all her plants? <laughs> it was just conversations <laughs> like this where I was mm -hmm. like, oh, my gosh, what's happening here? Um, but upon rereading this, um, I loved the detail when you actually know how all the plot's going to unfold yeah. and then you go back and you, you are reading and I just am like, what a, what a beautiful way to start the story. Um, it starts off describing Sir Walter as not a reader, <laughs> which I just love from Jane Austen. Because yes, that is that's like the worst the gift you give a person. <laughs> if you are not a reader. <laughs> yes. Um, except there's one book that he happens to love, and it's his oh, own yeah. family history book. Page Turner. <laughs> <laughs> For him. <laughs> so that is how we're introduced to Sir Walter as a non-reader who only reads his personal history. Um, yes. And then we just begin to meet more of, of the Elliots. So the Elliot family includes Sir Walter. It includes um, Elizabeth, then Anne, and then Mary. Mm -hmm. Mr. Elliot, I mean, if, pardon me if I said Mr. <laughs> Elliot. That would be really, he would, he's rolling around no. in his literary grave. <laughs> pardon, Sir Elliot. He, uh... Unfortunately, loses his wife, and he's um, tasked with raising these three daughters. Mm -hmm. um, teenagers. Teenage <laughs> girls. Uh, and so they do have the help of a kindly neighbor who was their mother's friend and close acquaintance, mm -hmm. and Lady Russell. And she comes um, to try to help out the girls. Some of the girls are more receptive to Lady Russell than others. Yeah. Um, Mainly Anne is receptive. Yeah. <laughs> the others have their own ideas. Yes, they do. <laughs> okay, Sarah. Um, let's say we got a, we've got an award to hand out. Let's this do it. is the best hang award. Okay. In this award, we are going to pick which member of the Elliot family not Anne, but we not may Anne. include okay. Lady Russell because I think Anne includes Lady Russell as mm -hmm. part of her family. Uh, we are going to pick which one of these would be the best hang. All right, first step <gasps> on the list, we have Elizabeth. Okay, well, Elizabeth. So I have some quite a few problems with her. <laughs> so first off, <laughs> She's described as just gorgeous. So if you're standing next to her, your bloom will not be as strong, even if you're rather blooming yourself. And even if you're feeling like you're having good bloom that day, she is going to put you in your place. With and then you'll lose critique. your bloom. <laughs> and then it will drain from your face. And the so only like, hope of regaining it would be going to the seaside. Yes. So I just... She, I just imagine lots of criticism and getting nothing in return <laughs> with that hang friendship. <laughs> she, she does seem like she knows how to organize something, like an event or something. I mean, she did get, oh, she got the true. bulk of the responsibility of the social 
uh, engagements of mm -hmm. the estate felt to her at such an early age because of her mom's death. Um, okay, so how old is Elizabeth now? Is she like 28? She's 29. She's 29. Not married. Elderly. <laughs> <laughs> but still has her bloom. So still we're all has good her there. bloom. In the bloom department. <laughs> the very high ideals. So I don't know. And just like you said, she's gotten so used to running an establishment. You know, she got married to someone else. Their mother would still be running the establishment. Oof. So, conflict. Okay, so is she, uh, we'll come back around. Let's, let's meet our other nominees. Next up, we have Sir Walter. Sir Walter. So <clears throat> I actually think, I don't know, maybe I'm thinking of this kind of selfishly, but I think I could get some things out of him. I think I could get some fashion and beauty tips uh -huh. out, of, out of hanging out with him. He seems like he has great ones. Well, he certainly does for Admiral Croft. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And I, I would love to have his man do my hair. I know. That would be amazing. <laughs> That's one of, I mean, I have so many favorite little funny lines, but, um, okay, we have to talk about how he discusses the sailor's faces. Yes. Um, <laughs> at first, he does not want to let, so how they decide they're going to fix their financial situation is they could let out their house versus having to mm -hmm. sell off any type of property or trying to reduce their expenditures or anything like that. Because heaven um, forbid. Yes, heaven forbid we lose the ponies. So they decide that they will let their house out. And the lawyer, um, um, Mr. Shepard? Yes. <laughs> whose name will always escape me, <laughs> um, suggests they let it out to uh, a naval officer, and he tries to sell it to them. Like, they're very orderly people. They're used to keeping things neat. <laughs> Sir mm -hmm. Walter doesn't want to because doesn't their faces have been hardened by the sea. Yeah. <laughs> oh. but, their sea hardened faces will turn items into stone. <laughs> oh, but I do, I really do love then how after he meets the Admiral and the Admiral is such a nice guy, he he mentions the little tidbit about how he's he would be able to go out in public with him as long as Sir Elliot's own man did the Admiral's hair. <laughs> oh my gosh. Of all the things. <laughs> so much great Sir Walter content in yes. this first. Uh... Well, see, that's why I'd want to hang out with him for the connections. He sounds like he has good connections. They sound costly. Yes. <laughs> now, let us not forget how he got into this financial predicament. Oh, <laughs> yes. One too many hair treatments. <laughs> okay. So we have Elizabeth. So you're keeping Sir Walter as a big maid. I'm definitely keeping that as an option. <laughs> All right. Next up, we're going to talk about Lady Russell. So she's not a... Um, a blood member, but she's around a lot, and Anne certainly considers her family. Uh, I do love at the beginning when they first introduce her, and she is a widow, and Sir mm -hmm. Walt is a widower, and uh, there's a line about how all uh, the neighbors would 
hope that they would get married mm-hmm. and she's just not having it. She sees no yeah. need to mar- for marriage. And <laughs> she's her own woman. <laughs> she is. What do you think about Lady Russell? Good hang? Tough hang? So <clears throat> I like her. I do. I do feel like she's very opinionated. So that would be my kind of and persuasive. <laughs> Maybe too persuasive. A little too persuasive. (laughs) So that's going to be my kind of mark against her. Like, what would she have me miss out on in life? (laughs) One comment and I'd miss out on something huge. Absolutely. Do you remember when Henrietta's talking and she says how Lady Russell scares her? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I'm guessing she's a forced to be I'm kind of reminded of and now her name's escaping me in Pride and Prejudice Mr. Darcy's aunt Lady oh, Catherine Lady Catherine yes so, but not a nicer nearly, version of that yes, but yes. intimidating yes not nearly as snobby um, yeah for sure but uh yes uh, I'm too scared of her I'm with Henrietta <laughs> on that one <laughs> Plus, I'm mad at her for... uh, Yes, little man. A a little (laughs) man from breaking up this engagement. Um, Yeah. All right, and then we have uh, Mary. Mary is the youngest of the Elliot girls. Um, But by this time, the time that we reach her in the novel, she's old enough to be married, and she has married Charles Musk. Musgroves and they have a couple of boys together um and in the first part of the novel we don't really see much of her we're really Mm-mm. focusing on this financial situation this bind that they're mm-hmm. in when um sir elliot finally decides to let out the house and the admiral and his wife come and take over the house and then it's not until anne is resituated with mary at Uppercross that that's when we really get um our first day she, where she shines <laughs> that's where she shines <laughs> all right sarah how are we feeling about mary okay mary is and maybe it's because i'm an oldest sibling she is youngest sibling just whiny so whiny. <laughs> and everything's not fair um everyone else is getting the best and she's not <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know if I could hear it all the time. I really don't. <laughs> See, I That's love it, Mary. Perhaps <laughs> I, as the second born and being used to so many wines all around me, that uh, <laughs> I have nothing but love for Mary. In fact, I find her delightful and incredibly funny. Um, I think that Anne probably suppresses some giggles there from time to time (laughs) i i love when anne first goes over after she very sadly has been having to pack all her belongings and she's leaving their childhood estate and having to downsize and all of this and she has to go stay with mary for a while and um, Elizabeth and her dad are so rude to Anne. They don't want her. They say she's not useful. They say all these hurtful things. And then Anne, um, who's just been bustling away, 
goes over to Mary, and Mary's like, I should have expected you on a different date. Why didn't you come sooner? And she's like, well, Mary, you wrote me, and you said you were quite well. And she was like, that was in the morning. <laughs> and didn't she go to a party, and she's she like, oh, you party. were well enough? <laughs> yes, it's hilarious. Oh, my gosh. There's that. She's a hot mess. She is a hot mess. <laughs> And I, my, one of my favorite, my favorite Mary moment is when, is, is really when the two, her two sister-in-laws come by and they offer, well, they do not offer for her to go on this walk. They say Mention. they're going for a long walk. They're so sorry they can't invite her. Um, they're like, you know, going over to say that she will have no possible interest in joining them on this walk. <laughs> Mary's. I don't know why everyone's supposing I'm not a good walker. I'm a great walker. <laughs> and Mary is just the best. Um, <laughs> you don't laugh, you'll cry. <laughs> I can't help but be amused by her. And um, just ends up being so fun. So, all right. So here it is. We got to give out this award. Are you uh, giving it to... Here are my drum rolls. Brrr, Elizabeth, brrr, Sir Walter, brrr, Lady Russell, or brrr, Mary. I'm sticking with Sir Walter. But you make <laughs> some good Mary points. You're getting those fashion tips. <laughs> I do. I'm really looking forward to those. I just couldn't deal with the scrutiny. My fingernails would not be well groomed enough. I would never. Wear earplugs. <laughs> Oh, man. All right, Sarah. So the first part of the novel, we're kind of dealing with that um, situation of the Elliots. And then Sir Elliot and Elizabeth, they go off to Bath and they largely disappear from the novel mm -hmm. throughout the first volume. Um, I mean, I think we're meeting them in volume two because Anne's supposed to back, go back up to Bath. But as of right now, they kind of fall into the background and then um we journey to upper cross to go stay with mm -hmm. the musgroves and it is when we're with the musgroves that we finally get to meet the leading man of the <laughs> novel <laughs> who just so happens to be the brother-in-law of the admiral who has let out Killinch Hall um, complete coincidence. Complete <laughs> coincidence. <laughs> um, so Anne knows exactly who this is, and she is dreading seeing him and meeting him again. And mm -hmm. in fact, she gets to go to kind of great lengths to get out of this little meeting yes. when little Charles, bless him. <laughs> dislocates his entire shoulder or something <laughs> collarbone yeah i don't think they explain how it happened <laughs> they don't his collarbone just a terrible incident so uh and, and then there's this great moment between charles and mary where charles decides that mary is great to take care of little Charles. Imminent danger mm -hmm. is past. He's going to go meet this new guy. He's going to go <laughs> hang out with the fam, go to the dinner party. There's nothing he can do. He'd just be in the way. Um, so mm -hmm. he's going off to this party. Mary 
fabulous Mary response here. Yes, my love. <laughs> That's exactly what she says. I'd be delighted to stay home with my sick child. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Mary no. is not missing this party. When FOMO. Anne, <laughs> to, to the highest. When Anne so graciously offers to stay at home with little Charles so that um, Mary can go. Now, I think Anne would do this no matter what, but she definitely yes. has the ulterior motive of not. There's a little benefit the there. <laughs> <laughs> um, what did you? What do you think of Charles and Mary and their marriage? What's your impression of of them throughout? So, the well, I think it's interesting that he asked Anne first, <laughs> but <laughs> Anne refuses him, and so then he's like, "Well, Elizabeth is a hard no, I'm sure." <laughs> If I ask, <laughs> and then I think he's just like, why the other girl in the village? Let's go with Mary. Um, so I don't know. I do feel like he cares for her and cares about her well-being. But uh, do I think there are two souls as one? <laughs> <laughs> Love written in the stars. <laughs> They're definitely not the ideal romantic uh, mm -hmm. pairing. She, I think that Anne can be amused by Mary because she's not having to be with Mary every yes. second of the day or around her all the time. Um, but Charles does have to be with Mary, even though he's out hunting and <laughs> yes. not around. He has his breaks. <laughs> he gets his Mary breaks. But she is quite the force. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I... Sometimes some of the passages that happen, you know, do make me sad. You know, I, how would you feel if he asked your sister to marry? You know, Charles does, like you made the point, he asked Anne to marry him first, which is still a huge topic of conversation for that family. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I've heard multiple people in that family say that they wished he would have picked Anne mm -hmm. or that Anne would have said yes. That Anne would have said yes. Yes, that yes. Anne would have said yes. Um, Ooh, so knowing that, she doesn't, Mary doesn't seem to mention it, but surely she knows it, right? Uh, yeah, surely I'm that's something she knows. I'm wondering what she knows because she was away at college for a while, right? I think so. So maybe... She's not living life like she knows that information. <laughs> she is not. <laughs> you think um, she'd try a little harder. <laughs> yeah, not not the best marriage in this book, for sure. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so Anne ends up skipping that dinner party. Um, mm -hmm. But then the next morning, Wentworth is invited to breakfast at Upper Cross. So Mary and Charles live in one house, a smaller house, um, very mm -hmm. close to the big house. And Wentworth is at the big house. But he does a pop-by to check on little <laughs> Charles and Mary. <laughs> Are we buying that? <laughs> not so much. Not, not really. <laughs> um... So he gets a chance to reconnect with Anne after, I think, eight years. Has it been eight years or six years? I think it's eight years. After eight 
years. Um, and they pretty crazy amount of time. <laughs> this, yes, very long time, really. And they just, mm -hmm. you know, have this, I don't know, really brief, kind of very cold. cold. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's tough. It's hard. <laughs> it's awkward <laughs> to be a fly on the wall reading, <laughs> reading that interaction. Um, and then to have it afterwards that I can't remember how she hears it what he says about their first meeting like to have such an awkward first meeting and then know their vantage point of it afterwards where he says he would not have known her again she was so altered yes and to hear that I, I believe is, he's is walking away and maybe she hears him out a window or something there's lots of stuff oh, happening hey. out that window <laughs> like yes. about the it's an important window we should leave our windows open more often. <laughs> there's, Here, one little, there's one little subtle moment where someone is riding by on the horse. I think it's Charles's dad and Mary's trying to like, you know, wants him to stop and talk. But he's through the window and he's like, mm, and he can't. Because <laughs> let's be real, oh, is Mary talking or... She's just yes. complaining. The truth. She is. She if she is speaking, she is complaining. Absolutely. Okay. Once Wentworth gets introduced in the story, it really starts rolling. Um, what mm -hmm. we have in the next part is there will be more dinner parties and more social engagement engagements and more Wentworth being around at Upper Cross, and of course this kicks off um, the kind of potential courtship between. The mm -hmm. two sisters, uh, which are uh, Mary and Charles's, so Charles's actual sisters, they're, you know, mm -hmm. around in their 1920-ish, and um, they love Wentworth and are very excited about Big fans. <laughs> Henrietta has been previously kind of promised to Charles Hayter, who is a cousin um, who mm -hmm. lives nearby, and... Um, as volume one unfolds, uh, Anne is put into all these situations where she's continually having to deal with social engagements that are revolving around Wentworth and, and these mm -hmm. two young ladies. Eventually, they kind of work it out. Henrietta goes with Charles Hayter, and Louisa stays with Wentworth, and they go on their fateful trip to Lyme. All right, Sarah. Where's your wentworth a meter at these days? Okay, so looking at this guy, first of all, I love Anne. So if Anne loves someone, you automatically get some points. All right, your rating is already up. Uh, so I have, so his pros, he's handsome, he's super polite, um, but he's so polite that it's almost cold to Anne, who he should be more familiar with. So that warmness of already knowing someone is not there. Um, and he does, so another con is he seems to be wooing two women at once into just doing it wholeheartedly to where people are arguing, Henrietta, Louisa, you know, that it's unclear to others which one is favored. I love that, I love how you've got multiple couples in this book <laughs> trying to decide who Whitworth is going to choose. 
And this is so sad. I mean, they're sisters. They're a little pitted yes. against each other here. And and it's his a cause of his own making here. Yes. Yes. And then poor Anne being called to be uh, yeah, judged not between. Only, not only her having to be judged, but her having to constantly witness it. Um, yes. Which he should know that that makes mm-hmm. her feel sad. And so yes. he's continually bringing her pain. Unless he's lied to himself that she never loved him or didn't like him or <laughs> to give him some leeway there. Um, and I also love when the big long walk and he notices Anne is tired and has the cross take her in her carriage, which I think is very sweet. So he notices he's paying that's attention. so sweet. Like he pulls yeah. his sister off to the side and has like a mm-hmm. private word with her. And, you know, we don't know exactly what he says, but I think it is so sweet. Yes. All right. So what's your final number here? Okay. Oh, oh, so we got to say, you got a zero to ten. <laughs> zero being Charles Hader. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. The name that's alone. ungenerous to Charles Hader. I just have beef with him because he didn't pull that kid off of hand. But um, <laughs> zero oh, being... Man. I don't even want to stick Mr. Collins over on that side because he's such so much comedy. Zero being really bad, the worst, and then okay. ten being Mr. Darcy level. Okay, Darcy level. So I'm kind of mainly because of Anne's feelings about him. I'm going to give him a six. Okay, with room to grow. With room to grow. <laughs> Let's hope he does it. He's got a whole nother volume <laughs> to make up for it. Yes, we'll he's got some proving goes. to do. All right, well, I uh, have him a little lower. <laughs> <laughs> no, Uh-oh. I'm not impressed with him, how he behaved when Anne was first. You know, they have he swings by after breakfast and sees Anne, but I think the next evening or, you know, within the next few days, and actually can't use the kid as an excuse anymore to stay home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Little Charles, her number one excuse in the world. Yes. And um, she has to go to one of these dreaded dinner parties and mm-hmm. see Whitworth. Uh, and gosh, I just think he he is almost a bit of a performative drama queen, <laughs> is what I was thinking when I was reading that section of the novel. Um, the way... He is taking the book from the sisters and being like, allow me to show you exactly what ships I was in when they were trying to look themselves. Um, he's doing these like dramatic retellings. Uh, and, oh, mm-hmm. and when poor Mrs. Musgrove is falling into, a, into tears and she's getting kind of weepy and he really had no idea what she's talking about, but he kind of wedges himself on the couch there and he's like consoling yes. her. But Anne can tell by his face that she, that it was real, no real loss to him and that he doesn't really <laughs> care, but he's really putting on a show for this mom. And I feel mm-hmm. like his temperament, he's just so, um, he's kind of, he, he's kind of a handful, I feel like. I mean, he's probably the life of the party. Um, mm-hmm. But so, you know, it depends on, you know, if that's what you're going what for. What you like. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, no. 
<laughs> I prefer people who don't like to be introduced at, at in a ballroom. <laughs> oh. So I had him pretty low and like mm -hmm. a two. Whoa. Or a three. <laughs> like really, Whoa. I had him really low. Not feeling Wentworth. <laughs> Not feeling him. My Wentworth meter is pretty low. Uh, but then he did with me. I really do enjoy how he he really tries to win. He he tries to pay attention to Anne in these nonchalant, mm -hmm. subtle ways. And I don't think he's trying to. I think he's naturally drawn to her. Mm -hmm. um, I think that she stands out to him when she fades away to everyone else. And you mentioned about the carriage. And I just thought that was such a sweet gesture, as did mm -hmm. Anne. Um, yeah. But there's this, you know, the whole, the whole situation in, in Lyme where poor Louisa, you know, falls and hits her head. We didn't even mm -hmm. mention that. That we should give not. him a big <laughs> ding. That's a terrible ding. This young girl's just flitting around, jumping off concrete spaces. And I don't even understand the whole visual image of that scene. But it, I know. I don't know. Jumping safe. steps. Yeah. <laughs> it's and not he's safe. He's a sea captain. Yeah. And he he should, should have, have risk assessed that. He should have. And he did. He did risk assess it. Mm -hmm. um, and he he just didn't he, he didn't care enough to to say, I'm not doing this. Um, mm -hmm. And then she fell and got seriously injured. Another ding on Wentworth. Um, True. But I do <laughs> I do love in Lime how when they are they're all going back to the big house to tell louise's parents that she's fallen mm -hmm. um how he stops and he checks with Anne and he's like hey i'm thinking that the smart play is for me to go inside the house and me talk to the parents and you stay with henry and you know he's kind of going mm -hmm. through this plan and he's like what do you think of that plan and Anne's like yeah i think that's a good plan um mm -hmm. and the fact that he values her opinion He's not asking yeah. anyone else in that situation. Mm -hmm. um, I think that Wentworth has this performative persona almost. And you can kind of see it when um, his sister asks, he's talking to his sister about the type of woman he wants to marry and he says he's mm -hmm. on land so any women woman between 15 and 30 send his way or he says something like mm -hmm. that um and it's just this really silly answer but mm -hmm. then when he's actually pressed he says he wants someone with a sharp mind and mm -hmm. um a thorough sweetness he says something like that Mm -hmm. Which describes Anne perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> so there's got to be something in Wentworth that where he knows exactly what he wants. And he knows mm -hmm. that, um, I mean, he values the right things. Mm -hmm. um, he's just having a really poor showing in this volume. <laughs> <laughs> volume one. Yes, he is not. <laughs> True colors are eking through, but... <laughs> We just hope they're his true colors that that, yes. are, that are slipping through. Um, because if he really is this guy just prancing around with these young ladies, I mean, mm -hmm. oh my gosh. He's... Mm. So, having said all that, I'll move him up to a four. 
Uh, and we'll see. We'll see Generous. how it all. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I pride myself on my generosity. <laughs> all right, Sarah. Uh, so that's where we stand on Whitworth, but where do we stand on Anne? Okay, well, I am completely team Anne. It's just unbelievable. She can do no wrong. What do you love about her? <laughs> so I actually, when I am reading, everything that Anne does, says, or particularly thinks, I feel like is exactly how I would act in all of those situations. So much so that I looked up, I don't know who's doing these somewhere in the internet, her Myers-Briggs personality type. <laughs> and it is the exact same as mine. And she's actually called like the most perfect ISFJ in literature. Like she personifies that uh, personality so well. She's so in her head about everything. I saw a meme once. It's something, sorry, the husband asked, why can't you sleep? And she said, uh, I said something to someone 15 years ago and I can't stop thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> and that to me is Anne. She's, everything is, gets this well-worn path in her mind. And she sometimes is derogatory. Like when she hears that Wentworth says she's so altered, she immediately thinks of it in her mind. She changes it to wretchedly altered. So she adds, she overanalyzes everything. And that I can really relate to. <laughs> overanalyzing, thinking about it too much. Um, I, I just feel like I'm reading about myself. <laughs> I was this awesome and in this time period. <laughs> and I did also see that Jane Austen says of Anne herself, you may perhaps like the heroine as she is almost too good for me. I'm like, that's Anne. She's too good for this world. Not saying I am based on all the personality things I said earlier. <laughs> We're just the same personality trait. She's so self-sacrificing to everyone. And um, if you were in a pickle, you would call Anne Elliot. Uh, they do. <laughs> Documented on record. Everybody's calling it. Yeah. That has to be one of the best things about about reading about her because you have like the big pickles where mm -hmm. Louisa does fall on the steps and apparently everybody's just frozen in time. Yeah. No one knows what to do. Uh, and Anne is like, we're going to need to call the doctor. <laughs> She's like, step one, step two. Yeah, and she starts walking everyone through it. And mm -hmm. then Charles and Wentworth keep looking at her for direction. Mm -hmm. And so, like, that's kind of the extreme side of a pickle. But then you have the, the smaller pickles of uh, people, like, wanting her to try to manage Mary's moods mm -hmm. or um, the different parenting styles and I love it when the narrator is telling us how she's caught in these little exchanges about mm -hmm. <laughs> everybody's giving her opinions and trying to to get out of yes. these different situations and it's it's really so funny <laughs> well my favorite is Mary it was like ah oh, the Mrs. Musgrove wants the children over there all the time. I never see them. And then, like, the next moment, Mrs. Musgrove says, the children are over here all the time. <laughs> I know. It's wonderful. And Anne yeah. is bearing the brunt of all of this. She's getting yes. all from Mary and all from Charles <laughs> and all from Charles's parents. Mm -hmm. um, 
and and it's just really great. I mean, I love I love how sacrificial Anne is for sure. Um, she's so kind-hearted, uh, and probably uh, one of the things I really love about her character is how you can see how she has changed and evolved over time. Um, the the most the earliest stuff we know about her is that she was easily persuaded out of this engagement to Wentworth. Um, but you like as the novel is progressing, you'll see these little comments that that are made where the narrator's telling us what she's thinking or the narrator saying it, and you can tell she's really not that person anymore. Um, mm -hmm. Like when her dad and Elizabeth say snotty things about her, it says she doesn't even pay attention to that. Um, which is incredible considering her personality type mm -hmm. that she's able to not care about certain yes. people's opinions. And it really speaks so much of her personal growth um, and where she has come, I think, as a person. Um, mm -hmm. And I look forward to seeing, like, if we see any more of that growth in volume two. Yeah, I just think she's wonderful. I love how she plays the piano for people. I love how she gives herself over to her nephews for Mary. Mm -hmm. How she perfectly handles Mary all of the time. Oh, <laughs> 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 she never sounds. She really never sounds annoyed with Mary, mm -hmm. which she easily could be. Um. All right, we love Anne. We love Anne. She's so great. That, she's that's amazing. one of the things that makes the Wentworth of Meter kind of scary. That he's, mm -hmm. don't you want him to be like a 910? <laughs> yes. I don't know. It's, it's tough. He's got to do something in volume two. <laughs> he's got to do something. Something, <laughs> something has to happen. <laughs> um, if it's not Wentworth, do we like, who, who do we like? Do we like the, the Bentwick? <laughs> Captain, he's, just, uh, he's sad. He's so sad, yeah. just droning on about his poetry. Yes, um, and then we have the possibility of the handsome, uh, Mister Elliot. Yes, barely mentioned. I do love how they're walking on this bloom fulfilling seawall, uh -huh. uh -huh. <laughs> and he. And I love, so Anne also seems very self-aware because with that personality trait, you think she'd be like, nobody likes me. Uh-huh. But she noticed this guy is checking her out. And then she notices that Wentworth notices uh -huh. the guy is checking See, her that's the Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. He is mm -hmm. noticing everything about her mm -hmm. while yes. enjoying her completely. Radar's up. <laughs> Radar's up. <laughs> <laughs> and when Mr. Elliot walks in later, is it him who identifies that's the same man that we passed? Like he was paying yeah. particular attention to both Anne yes. and the man. He knows. <laughs> he it's knew that exactly man. who that man was. <laughs> and, yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I think Anne is incredibly self aware and I think she's a great judge of character um, mm -hmm. for other people. Uh, there is sometimes she will have to take moments to compose herself. It, mm -hmm. I do notice if she perceives that Wentworth thinks something negative about her. Um, 
and that really can cause her not to spiral but to spiral for Anne where she needs to like yeah. take a minute to regroup or something um which mull it over <laughs> notice that no. but I think that's really I think the fact that she can withstand everyone else's criticism so easily but still mm-hmm. be jarred by his I think it, I I really think Jane Austen is laying out a beautiful story for us by giving hints mm-hmm. that these characters really do probably deeply care for each other. If they could get it together, mm-hmm. we'll see. Yes. We'll Lock him in a room the man and just see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sarah, are you ready to play a game? Let's do this. I'm All ready. right. This is what we like to call apropos or a big no-no. <laughs> All right, Sarah, you shout out and arrange um, a situation for us, some something from the novel, and I'll say if I think it's an apropos or a big no-no. Okay, so I have, which we mentioned it a little bit earlier, so we can divulge into it a bit more. So everyone in the Musgrove, clan from Mr. and Mrs. Musgrove, Henrietta and Louisa, Charles, they all have things to go tell Anne that annoy them about her sister Mary. <laughs> and not only are they venting, which is would be could fall under this category as well, but they want her to fix Mary. They want her to whisper things in her ear to really get them to really get Mary in line and in control. And they're putting Anne in a very awkward position. All right, I'm going apropos. Yes, if anyone can do this, it's Anne Elliot. If you had a superhero at your fingertips and you are not going to use her, then then that would be the big no-no. These people know Anne. She is a miracle worker. Every day she's dealing with Mary in the trenches. Yes. And family gossip, every family gossips. It's just a part of the thing. So it's not changing then. It's not changing now. This is totally apropos. What you got? Oh, my goodness. Okay. Here's another one. Captain Wentworth, two ladies in the house, Henrietta and Louisa, Everyone in the family cannot, everyone has a different side of which lady he likes. So it is clear that there is some ambiguity about who he's courting. So in my mind, he's courting two ladies at once. This is a big (laughs) no-no. A huge no-no. It got him a ding earlier. It's going to get him another ding right now. Not only are these ladies sister, the other lady, one of the sisters was already (laughs) promised to Charles later. They had some sort of unspoken arrangement. And then he just drops her like a bad habit when after that long walk. That's what we're calling whatever that walk was, the really long walk. (laughs) During that really long walk, he doesn't even care. So I think this is such a big no-no because he doesn't even seem to have a real interest in them. Whichever Um, one falls. Just whichever one. 
And I will say he offers some affectionate words to Louisa. Mm-hmm. Okay, during the nut conversation, yes, which I the love nut combo. so much, the nut analogy that he uses. And he's talking about how resolute these nuts are and how they're so hard and they they won't crack and they won't break and they're not easily persuadable, hint, hint, <laughs> which is like a, a big... Really, that's not a compliment to Louisa. What he's mm-hmm. actually doing is showing his hands um, yes. that he is still sad about what mm-hmm. Anne put him bitter. through. That, that bitter. That he's a bitter <laughs> Betty. That's all that is. And so other than that, when is he ever really affectionate with, with either of these girls? Mm-hmm. The fact that his own sister has no idea who he's interested in and and both thinks they're fine girls but can barely tell them apart. Um, I mean, I think that shows you this is a big no-no. You don't need to be courting multiple sisters at one time. No, that family trouble, character <laughs> trouble. All right, I got one for you. Okay. All right. I'm ready. Okay, so Anne gets engaged to Captain Wentworth. Mm-hmm. And then Sir Walter gives his opinion that she does not think he does not think Anne should be with uh, Captain Wentworth because he's basically in his words a nobody a person of <laughs> zero worth <laughs> not in the book no but then what really ends the relationship is when Lady Russell weighs in and tells Anne that she should not be with Wentworth do you think after an engagement has happened and a woman has signed off on it, should the family members come in and say you should not be engaged to this person? Was this apropos or a big no-no? That one is tough because it could go poorly. (laughs) (laughs) And she was youngish, I guess. They were 19, yeah, youngish. Okay. And it seemed like it was brief. It like was only a few The courtship, months. everything was brief. Yes. So I can understand, especially Lady Russell's concerns, if she was really doing it, which she seemed like kind of doing it for a snotty reason also. She has a little bit of that aristocratic pride in herself as well. Oh, this is a tough one, Katie. This is a good one. Oh. I think I'm going to say... A big no-no because they seem so sure of each other. But I don't. Uh, I'm just gonna go with my gut. Yeah, go with your gut. Big no-no. Apropos, <laughs> <laughs> you, if you are a parent, you are totally allowed to weigh on in your kids' marriage decisions. I'll tell you what the big no-no was. Unfortunately, that's gonna fall to Anne because I think she should have stayed firm in that decision and mm-hmm. stayed with him should have been a nut she should have been a nut <laughs> we'll see maybe um but i do think that Anne again i think she's learned so much because she mm-hmm. mentions how if there was a young person who had asked for her advice in that situation that she would have given very different advice and i think she mm-hmm. sees now that they probably shouldn't have told her that. And I think maybe she is wondering if she should have listened to that advice. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't know. It could go either way. <laughs> That's a tough, yep, it's a tough call. I did read that one critic said of this book that he was afraid all young ladies were going to think they should marry whoever they wanted, like a critic at the time who read the book. Like, don't encourage these oh. ladies to do what they want. Oh, I see what you're saying. I think he liked the break off. <laughs> he liked her just listening to whatever the family said. To the wise elders. <laughs> yeah. All right, Sarah. Uh, what have we left out? Do we have... We kind of talked about the LOL moments as we went. Okay, Sarah. We got to rank our MVP. Okay. Who do you got? Who's your MVP? Well, you know, I just can't stop talking about Anne. <laughs> <laughs> I really wanted to dig down deep and pull out something <laughs> mind-blowing All right, so everyone. why is she the MVP? Well... Because she's in a difficult situation and she's handling it with such grace and such, I don't know. And maybe she should be more forward. Some people might think she's pathetic and just she should go up to Wentworth and be like, dude, it was a mistake. I, I love you. <laughs> but I'm not a real forward person. So I think she's just so... She's just rooting for everyone and trying to find good in everyone. And I just hope good happens for her because of that. I'm just gonna okay, you got, do you have any uh, predictions for Volume 2? I think some things with Mr. Elliot sound like they're going to perk up and be interesting. Maybe even with Captain Bentley. I know, Anne went from barely any suitors to a possibility of two at <laughs> the last couple pages of volume one. So I'm hoping more people see that Anne is awesome. Well, yeah, see, I think <laughs> that maybe their social uh, circle in mm -hmm. where they live maybe is a bit limited. And maybe that's why she hasn't had more offers because right away, and now she has her youthful bloom back. So <laughs> look out. <laughs> Bloom coming at you. <laughs> oh, my word. All right. Uh, my MVP. I know for, who it's not. <laughs> for her continual manipulation of events to her own benefit that end up not being to her own benefit. For seeking the grass is always greener. And for providing me constant comedic relief is none other than Mary Musgroves. <laughs> oh my goodness. What there is some strong love for her. Without her. Did you just stop reading in Lyme with anytime anytime Mary's taking a back burner? Well, she comes out strong at the end. Oh boy, does she? She that is Woo, she throws down some, uh-uh. <laughs> There's no way. What right does Anne have to yeah. nurse a sick person? <laughs> when that's oh all my. Anne's been doing the whole novel is yes. nursing Mary's own children. <laughs> oh, Mary. Oh, Mary. <laughs> oh. oh, how do you think that's going to go? So Mary is left to nurse um, 
Is she going to lay on a pallet on the floor? Because I don't see that happening. Forget the bed. Forget anything. Just give me a blanket on the floor, which is typical (laughs) Anne. And then you have, how is this going to shake out? Oh, she's going to drive. Is it the Harvilles? She's going to drive them insane. (laughs) She's going to drive the Harvilles insane. They might put her up at the inn. Yes. <laughs> and hire someone else. <laughs> or Miss or Mrs. Har Hargroves. <laughs> well, Is it hard? I was like trying to remember. It's rough. It's gonna be rough. <laughs> it's gonna be rough for Mary. Let's hope Louisa uh, recovers quite quickly. Yes. <laughs> All right. Sarah is going to lead us out with a a poem. <laughs> Lit friends, Romans, countrymen, lend me your ears. <laughs> okay. Persuasion, volume one. Elliot's live at Kellynch Hall, where vanity has room to sprawl. Sir Walter is unwed. Elizabeth seeks to get ahead. Mary, Mary, quite contrary. Mary's Musgrove, no title but money trove. Sweet Anne loves her man. Lady Russell doesn't condone, and Anne ends up alone. Wentworth sails the seas, returns with money growing on trees. Ladies to woo, Anne, not one of the few. Mr. Elliot on the scene gives Anne a look that is quite keen. Louisa takes a fall, the trip at once must stall. Hit on the head, parents will feel dread. Wentworth has a plan, but first, ask Anne. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. That's it. That's a summary. That's, and then what's going to happen next? Yeah. Okay. So, um, you can join us next time to hear part two of Persuasion and join us for our thoughts on the new persuasion movie